Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi there. How are you doing today? This is Chloe Brotheridge, hypnotherapist, anxiety expert, and the author of the Anxiety Solution. And this is the Karma You podcast. Welcome. I hope you're doing well today. I'm really, really excited to share with you my guest this week, Mel Wells. And Mel is somebody that I've followed for ages on Instagram. I've been admiring her work and her approach from afar. And so I was so excited to get the chance to speak to her recently. If you don't already know about Mel and what she's about, she is an eating psychology coach and she's the author of The Goddess Revolution, which was published by Hay House. She's been featured on Forbes, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, to name but a few. She's also been a TEDx speaker. And this is the episode for you if you've ever experienced anxiety about your body or about food, or if you're still on the diet roller coaster this is going to resonate with you so much. And Mel is going to be sharing her amazing story. She'll be talking about why we need to be done with diets for good. And she's also going to be sharing about how she manages to juggle everything because she gets a lot done and yet still manages to not get too overwhelmed. So I was really curious about how she manages that. I want to say thank you for all your support so far with the podcast, all of your messages. It really means a lot to me to know that the episodes are resonating with you. If you want to support me in the podcast, the best thing you can do is leave a little review for me over in iTunes or if you've got an iPhone in the podcast app. It should just take two minutes and it really helps to support the podcast. Also, if you've got a friend who needs to hear this today, is there someone in your life that perhaps really struggles with food or anxiety or you know, their body and they really need this inspiring pep talk today, pass on the message about this podcast. Send them a screen grab of this episode or share it on Instagram. It would mean so much to me if you could help me spread the word. Right, so let's get into the interview with Mel. So welcome Mel. Thank you so much for joining me on the Karma You podcast. How are you doing today? Yay, thanks for having me on. I'm really good. So good to connect with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so good to chat to you. I loved your book. I felt like when I was reading it, it was reprogramming my mind for all of those kind of <laughs> automatic, all of those things that we've been kind of brainwashed in, you know, to do with diets and things. I felt like it was just undoing all of that. So it was really powerful. And I'm so glad that you have put this out into the world. Can you tell us a bit about your story and your journey and how you sort of got to do what you're doing now? Sure, sure. And thank you for the thank you for the praise, by the way. That means a lot, especially coming from you. So thank you. Um, okay, so my story and how I got to be doing this work. Um, well, it probably doesn't come as a surprise to to people that like the reason that I 
am so passionate about helping women with their relationship with food is because I struggled so much with mine. Um, so I struggled with eating disorders for about seven years of my life. And, you know, it kind of started with a bit of harmless dieting and kind of went too far, really. Um, so I got to really go to those depths to see, like, and really saw the, like, an experience, like how damaging um, our relationship with food can can be for us and ourselves. Um, and it's really through healing that for, me, for myself and discovering um, my own path to self-love and doing all of this kind of brainwashing from diet culture and all these beliefs that we've kind of had pasted and conditioned onto us since we were very young girls but yeah it was really throughout through my journey and I started sharing that with people um and that's kind of kind of led me on this journey but um I would say for me the first wake-up call was losing my dad very suddenly to cancer and that was what shifted my mentality from just eating foods that were low calories and eating foods to be slim per se to oh my god like we really need to look after our bodies because health is like the most important thing and if we can do what we can do to minimize these risks of of you know getting these diseases and, and awful illnesses like we like so much of it comes down to food and how we treat ourselves and all this stuff and so I went ham on veganism and you know trained in nutrition and became a health coach and started giving people um plans of what to eat <laughs> and I realized that I actually didn't need that I actually needed to do something different because I realized that by doing that by becoming trained in nutrition and expressing myself that way with food even though what I was eating was healthier and I was eating green smoothies and you know salads and all the rest of it my relationship with food was still messed up so that's when I kind of clearly got to see okay there is no perfect diet that will actually change how I am acting with food like my actual relationship with food needs healing not the food itself because we can change the food we can put kale on our plate and quinoa all day long but if we have a punishing relationship with ourselves, if we are seeing food and thinking and feeling fearful thoughts, if it's not a loving um, process, if it's not a loving relationship, if we're still restricting, if we're binging, if we're using food to handle our emotions, then changing the food won't won't solve that. Um, and that's when I kind of realized, okay, this is something this is something greater. This is not going to be healed by a new diet every Monday. Um, and for me, like a, a huge shift came when I was, I kind of was looking at the bigger picture of my life really and, and decided that I really wanted to have a baby. And I was actually with an ex at the time. And so we didn't, we, we didn't end up having a baby. But at the time I was like, this is what, this was kind of like our next step, if you like. And the thought of going through a pregnancy, um, the way that I was treating my body just felt like just not an option just not an option. I was, I was hating on myself so much. And I just knew that energetically to have a baby in my body and to treat my body the way that I was going about it was just unacceptable. Um, and then what's more to then bring that child into the world. I couldn't, I knew that I had to be a good role model and I couldn't be trying to bring my child up on healthy 
foods and having a healthy mindset when I didn't. And so I was like, shit, like this really need, I need to sort this out now. And that's when I kind of made a huge commitment to myself really. And I said, I'm just going to fully focus on self-love and nourishment. And I literally was in full surrender mode at that point. I dropped all of my control, all of my, you know, all of my attempts to stick to rules or play between the lines or be good all the time with food. I literally just dropped it all. And I said, I care more about the big vision of my life, being a good role model. And this has to end now, basically. Um, and I'd already started sharing my, like I was doing a lot of food blogging. I was doing a lot of recipes developments. I was doing the whole like uh, veganism thing, which is still great. Like I have a huge passion for plant-based living still, but I'm, I've personally found more of a balance now that allows me to go out more socially and kind of feel more relaxed around food rather than being really strict with what I'm eating. Um, it's just personal preference. I've personally found more of a balance but, um, but yeah, at the time I was sharing loads of food stuff and what I started doing was just sharing my journey, just really honestly, really, um, openly. And I had so many people reach out and be like, Oh my God, I'm going through this. Please. Can you share, like help me and give me some advice. And so I basically changed the way that I was coaching people and started training in eating psychology instead of nutrition. And so I just focused all my attention on mindset, on your relationship with yourself, food, your body image. And it was kind of like, as I was learning, I was sharing and then it kind of snowballed from there. And then I, and then I decided to create the program, launch the book. And it was really because I felt like it was almost like a secret conversation that no one was having. It was like this secret epidemic that all these women were going through in their own private lives and not talking about. And I was like, guys, <laughs> this yeah. is problem. Like, this is a huge problem. And so many of us are affected by it. And the more I started to share, the more people were like, oh my God, it's like you're speaking the exact thing that's been going on in my mind. And I'm like, why are people not talking about this? This is a huge, huge problem for us. Um, so that was a massive long-winded story. But yes, that's how I came to be doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> That's perfect. No, it's really, really interesting story. And so many people, I'm sure, can relate to that, whether they have a full-blown eating disorder or whether it's just the normal, everyday, messed-up relationship with food that it seems that most people that you meet have some kind of weird relationship with food, whether they're always on diets or whether they starve themselves before they go out on a Friday night or they binge eat when they're feeling yeah. bad about themselves. It's just almost a universal thing that people yeah. struggle with it really is especially women and I think because we are such emotional creatures and we are intuitive we find it difficult to you know control our food all the time and we have kind of been taught that that's what we should do um certainly like I think now we're kind of coming into more of an age where you know more intuitive relationship with food is being talked about this kind of topic is more discussed now and I hope that I've been a part of that movement but I definitely think we're kind of coming out of an age where it's literally we've been programmed to follow diets to stick to rules this food is good this food is bad if you eat this you're a bad person if you eat this you're a good person like if you eat this you've got to work it off tomorrow um you know all these crazy brainwashing like toxic beliefs that we have about specific foods like carbs are the enemy or fat in food will make me fat or you know all this kind of crap that we've heard um you know most of our lives and so it really is about 
changing that, like, like literally shifting your mentality and choosing to see food in a different way, because we give it so much power over us. We let it play so many different roles in our life. You know, we let it be a friend, a reward, a comfort, the enemy, you know, a fear, a game, a battle, all of these things, we kind of give our power away to food when, when actually, if we're prepared to look at ourselves, if we're prepared to get really honest with where we're at, our emotions, and really prepared to love who we are and accept who we are and love what comes up, um, we prepare, if we're prepared to do that, which can be really scary for a lot of people that are used to burying their feelings in food, then that's when you can really just expect to see just huge, huge transformation because food is never the problem itself. Like food is the symptom. So food is like, a, you know, like, um, an addiction to food or an addiction to diets or an eating disorder. Like it's really like this, it should be categorized in the same way as like, you know, alcoholism really, but, or drug addiction, but we don't treat it like that because we're around food every day, you know, and you can't go sober from food addictions. You have to, you have to just deal with it and like find a balance. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's definitely, you know, just with those addictions, it's not about the addiction. It's not about the substance. It's not about the the poison. It's about the pain. Like it's about the pain that comes before. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And I mean, who can we blame for this? Is there someone that we can pin this on? Is it, you know, whose fault is it that we're, we're this messed up about food? Yeah, I don't know whose fault it is. It's like a cultural narrative, especially for women, isn't it? Um, I think to an, to a degree we can say like the media is telling us that we're supposed to look like this particular kind of woman. I think the food industry has a lot of, you know, a lot of can take a lot of responsibility because the, you know, there's to a degree, a lot of products that don't really care what their food is doing to our bodies. Um, so the world is not feeding us a good environment for us to have healthy bodies. It's, it's actually quite hard. You know, we've got to make a lot of effort if we want to be healthy. Um, and on top of that, the kind of, it's like the food industry does that. And then the food industry then gives us, Oh, here's the diet industry, which is, you know, born from the same, <laughs> the same people, um, just with a different face on it that says, you know, lose seven pounds in two weeks and then you'll be grand and take our product and take our shake or, you know, join this club, which is, you know, <laughs> just a whole other, a whole other kettle of fish. But, um, but the, the, the point is they don't really care about us having long-term health. It's all about quick fixes and money. And I think really, if we want to change our relationship with food, we've got to, we've got to really understand on a fundamental level that quick fixes do not work. We've got to really look at the big picture of our lives and go, how do I want my, my food and my body? Like, how do I want that relationship to feel in 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What relationship with food, what relationship with my body am I passing down my lineage of, you know, my family line here? Because that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say big picture, you know, because there's no like six week bikini body diet plan. You can't go on that for your whole life. Like it's just not, it's not healthy in your mind to do that. And I think when we, when we constantly kind of seek out these quick fix things, we might lose weight super fast, but we always put it back on. And what we're actually sacrificing there is having a healthy mindset. Um, and that is really like the most important thing that we, that we have is the relationship we have with ourselves and our, and our mental health. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting what you say about it getting passed down the, the lineage. I remember my mum constantly being on Weight Watchers. She'd always be, I don't know, talking about how she, she was really fat and wanted to lose weight. And I remember that from a young age. And I was probably on diets from the age of kind of 14 or experimenting with that sort of thing. And you can see how it just gets passed on in that way, that kind of mindset that this is what you do, you know. Completely. And I mean, for, for little girls, like we just want to, we just want to copy our mummy, you know, we just want to imitate and grow up to be like our mums. Usually we're just kind of doing what we're just being set that example. And the thing is like, you know, definitely the generation, um, above us, it's like, it was, it was a generation of dieting, you know, and I think we, like they were doing the best that they knew how to that's that's the thing like for them it was like this is cool this is healthy this is helping us be our best selves and it was that was their belief system and so our mums that you know if you know I've worked with a lot of women that have said you know similar thing like their mum was always on diets or their mum took them along to Weight Watchers or kind of shamed them in front of someone and um you know we've got to forgive them we've got to because they were doing the best that they knew how to with the tools that they had and that was what they thought was best for them and for us so we have to we have to let that go and go okay well I know better now and I want to do something different (laughs) yeah 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 not judging you mum not judging you mum promise (laughs) um so what are the I mean what are the first steps if someone's like right I'm ready to to give up diets because I realize now that this is not working and I really wanted to sort of change my relationship with food. What advice would you have for someone who who's ready to take that that step? I think a key, a really key first step is to well, it requires a lot of trust because diet kind diet culture gives us kind of this belief that we have to always be in control around food, and um, it kind of sees us grasping to rules a lot of the time and you know, we think that without a diet, we'll suddenly be out of control and it will just be chaos. And um, I think for anyone that's been a chronic dieter their whole life, there's definitely an element of like panic when you when you decide to stop dieting, because you feel like you're literally going from order into chaos, and it feels unsafe. So I think to a degree, there's there's got to be an element of like a huge element of trust of like, I am doing this for, for me. And I know fundamentally that I don't want to be on a diet my whole life. So first you have to really, really trust. Um, and it will be a bumpy road, you know, if you've been a dieter your whole life and then you suddenly decide I'm not going to diet, you probably will go into a little bit of chaos to start with, but that's not going to last forever. It's just like the initial kind of shock, if you like. Um, and then I think what's really important is, learning to um, navigate our body's real hunger because so often we are eating when we're not hungry. We're eating when someone says it's time to eat or we're eating when we feel emotional or we're eating when we feel bored or upset. And so many times we're eating because of what's going on in our head rather than actually listening to our bodies. Um, And again, for chronic dieters, listening to your bodies listening to your body can be a really alien concept 
but our bodies have so much wisdom, so, so much wisdom. And when we allow ourselves to not do the diets, we can actually tune back into our, to our body's wisdom and we can actually listen and go, what, when am I getting hungry? Like what, like, when do I actually feel hungry in my body and honor that? Because most of the time when we do that, we realize that we don't actually need anywhere near as much what we're actually consuming each day. Um, so if we can really identify, okay, how am I feeling right now? When every time we reach for food, how am I feeling right now? And if the answer is stressed or upset or anxious or lonely or bored or, you know, if there's any of those, then really that's not a cue to eat. That's not our bodies telling us to eat. That's our minds just kind of using food as a coping response, um, or like an emotional response. So I think a huge part of this work is learning to really listen to when your body is actually hungry and honoring that and slowing down is, is huge, like slowing down with, with all of that. And I don't just mean like slowing down with eating, but I mean, slowing down with you <laughs> because we're so crazy that we're, that we're just grabbing food and chuck, chucking it in. Like we're just chucking things into a backpack and we're not really connecting with ourselves and listening to our bodies. And that is huge. Like your relationship with your body really informs your relationship with food. So for most people that have really struggled with their food issues, they tend to also be people that are very disconnected from their bodies, um, not really in their bodies, don't really know how their body likes to feel or don't really know what kind of foods make it feel good and what kind of foods make it feel bad. So that is a huge part of the work is learning to understand and connect with your body and how it feels that's that's huge and again it's something that we've been born with you know we we it's it's a crying shame that we're you know women fully grown women and we're only just realizing how we can connect to our bodies it's um it's it's really upsetting to be honest um but having an intuitive relationship with food and having a connected relationship with your body where you feel at home in your body and you know how it feels good and you know what doesn't make it feel good that is like our birthright that is what we all we all can commit to yeah and and so often it's so so easy for this to happen but by the time you're actually sitting down to your meal maybe you're on your computer maybe you're talking to your kids or you're on your phone and you might spend the whole day thinking about food and then when you're actually eating it you're not really focused on it and you just inhale it or you're on the run it's so easy for that to happen but it's not helping us at all completely yeah and I think like awareness awareness of your thoughts and you know a big thing that I tell my clients is you know if you're stressed don't eat <laughs> you know only eat when you're peaceful because you know the truth is when we're eating in a stressed out state anyway our bodies can't really digest the food to the, to the maximum capacity anyway so you know, it's never a good idea to eat in a in a case of stress and you're not actually dealing with the stress. You're just kind of temporarily numbing it out. So whatever you can do, whether that is meditation, whether it is literally just taking a breath before you eat. Like if I've had like a day that's just like on the go all the time and then I sit down to eat, if I'm still bringing that energy to the mealtime of stress or busyness or anxiety or whatever it is, I just literally just sit with my food and I just take a deep breath, close my eyes and just, that's literally all it takes. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now I feel 
I feel peaceful now I can actually focus on this beautiful delicious meal that I have in front of me but if I'd have not done that and it literally takes a second if I'd have not done that I probably would have wolfed the whole thing the whole thing down in like a minute um and not been present with it and I think what's another really important thing here is when we race through our food really fast we miss a lot of the pleasure so we miss a lot of the taste we don't get as much pleasure from that meal time we don't get as much joy from that experience we don't taste it as much um so if you want to get the maximum pleasure take your time um you know it's like you know sex you know it's the same same concept like if you race through it you're going to miss a lot of the pleasure that's available to you so just chill out slow down you're going to get a much better experience yeah sounds good to me sounds good to me um it's amazing isn't it how just taking a breath sometimes and just coming back to where you are and just reconnecting with your surroundings can just be so powerful and it's such a simple thing but we all well so many of us forget just to take a deep breath and to to reconnect with ourselves um you talk a lot about self-love and how important that is in, in terms of you know our relationship with food um what, what, what are kind of the first steps in terms of developing more self-love or do you have any kind of tips on, on that? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that's helped me like above anything else is treating myself like I would a friend that just that in its own changed the game for me because then I started looking at every single thing that I was doing, you know, whether that was like the way I talked to myself, the way that I ate, the way that I exercised, you know, the way that I said, yes to things when actually I wanted to say no you know I started thinking well how would I treat a friend um and and I started seeing my body as a friend as well that was really big for me like how would I treat a friend like would I speak to her this way would I you know starve her and then force feed her would I you know would I you know would I punish her all the time this is so, so key. And when we change the way that we feel about ourselves, genuinely, everything else, everything shifts. Everything is mm. such a game changer. All of our relationships change. Our relationship with everything else in our life change. Our relationship with food changes, you know, drink, money, you know, all of these things that we all are in a relationship with. Everything takes an upgrade when we start to get into a relationship we have with ourselves. And the way that I always describe it is think about the other relationships that you have in your life um, and what you desire and expect from healthy relationships that you have, whether that's with your partner, your kids, you know, your dog, your parents, like your best friend. You want a level of trust. You want respect, unconditional love, communication, quality time, um, you know, patience, forgiveness, commitment. All of these are incredible qualities that we all want from a good relationship and we all want to call those in for, for ourselves we know that we deserve them but if we're not doing that for the relationship we have with ourselves first then we're going to end up in trouble we have to start with us and that is really that is the foundation for, for everything as far as I'm concerned um and that is when we can have more deep meaningful uh, relationships with others and that's when we can really start to have more love for the women around us as well stop seeing other women as competition or um you know when we're judging ourselves less we're judging others less as well so 
the more you can commit to really loving and accepting the shit out of yourself (laughs) and everything comes up with that you know it's like getting to know yourself it's so important the more we can do that the less we will find ourselves judging gossiping talking down about other people because that all of that is just a reflection of how we feel about ourselves when people do that when we do that it's just because we don't feel good about ourselves so we can start changing how we feel about ourselves it literally just projects out of us into the world and just makes our lives much better (laughs) that's such an important point isn't it I think um every every therapy session I do with clients I ask them how do you speak to yourself and about 80 percent of the time they look at me and kind of really confused as if they've never thought about how they speak to themselves um because you know our internal monologue we're often not even aware of it it's just going on in the background and we might be being really mean to ourselves or being really critical of our bodies and it just seems that it's just almost on autopilot and just kind of having that awareness and thinking about you know would I speak to my friend like this um one of my favorite things from your book is referring to your body as the goddess and can you can you talk a bit about that I love that yeah it's just like it really helped me get into a relationship with my body when I stopped referring to it as it and started referring to her as her um that is your body as a as a she as a goddess um because then it really gives it a purpose and a personality and it kind of helps you really communicate with it so I mean for me now I'm in a constant communication with my body like throughout the day there's a constant dialogue of like how you doing how you doing now like how you feeling now how you feeling now and you know it started out being this huge effort to uh to do that because it was such an alien alien you know connection I hadn't made before I just treated my body like this you know, battleground, (laughs) um, like not good enough. And I wouldn't look in the mirror unless I was there to like pull myself apart, you know? Um, so yeah, referring to my body as, as she, as her, as the goddess kind of helps me and helps the women that I work with kind of really get into a relationship and really channel that inner goddess that we all have, um, and it really helps you look at your body in a different way because I think our culture, you know, certainly has been one where we really value appearance. And, you know, for women, we are kind of objectified quite a lot and our appearance is made out to be quite important. Um, and I, I do think we are on a huge rise out of that where we're really celebrating women more for their accomplishments and their their abilities now um but I think for that reason so many of us look at our bodies as we only see them as something to look at we only see them as like something that I am judged on something that matters it matters how I look like it's it's basically like what you see in the mirror is my body but you know the reality is like our bodies are so much more than than just the reflection in the mirror like our bodies do so much for us every day just to keep us alive and breathing like that's freaking insane like the, the kind of things that our bodies do every day for us, whoa, it's like mind blowing. It's freaking mind blowing. I mean, we can do so much stuff because of our bodies, so much stuff. And we're so freaking lucky to be able to have these amazing bodies. And so I think when you, when you kind of get into a relationship with your body, you can start to really see that, okay, it's not all about 
what I look like in the mirror or what dress size I'm wearing. It's actually about how I feel and how my body functions. Yeah, it's so, so important to do that. I've been, went on a meditation kind of retreat recently and one of the practices they got us to do was just to kind of be really thankful for different parts of our bodies. So just recognising how amazing the digestive system is and how it gets energy out of our food and how complicated the structure of your eye is and all these things. And so I do that every night before I go to bed. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're amazing. So, yeah. That's, that's really cool ritual really cool yeah thank you yeah so um so a lot of a lot of the things that I hear from people at the moment is and this is more of a general question question rather than about kind of body and food but it's about feeling overwhelmed and you're obviously someone that has a busy life you've got a really successful business you're doing lots of things how do you prevent yourself from getting overwhelmed do you have any tips on that how do I prevent myself from being overwhelmed um I think the what's just come to mind is I'm really good at saying no okay yeah (laughs) I'm really good at saying no to things that I don't want to do so if if it's like if it's like a full-bodied no (laughs) then I then I I've kind of really learned to just say no. Um, and I wasn't very good at that when I first started out because I was like, oh my God, everything's an opportunity. And, you know, you don't know where... Th- now I'm just like, do I want this in my in my life? Does this excite me? Does this light me up? Am I, you know, am I... Do I really want to do this? And if, if, if it's just like, mm, then I'm like, well, that's a no. <laughs> um, so that is the first thing. And then the second thing I think for any this is probably relevant for any business owners is don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I have, you know, two amazing assistants that, that do a lot of things for me that I don't want to do or not very good at doing, or they're better at doing it. And, um, that is something that I had to get over at the start, you know, like I, I thought that I could do it all myself and it was actually damaging my health by trying to do that. Like trying to be the hero. It's just like, it doesn't light me up to do web websites. I don't enjoy it. Like I don't enjoy, you know, certain elements of the the email software that we use. Like if someone else can do it and they're happy to do that for me and they're good at it, why wouldn't I get them to do that for me? So I can do the things that actually make me happy, like writing books, like speaking, like retreats, you know, that is where, that's what I'm good at. I'm not good at the technical stuff. So yeah, if I, ha- if I was trying to do all of that, then I'd be really overwhelmed. Um, but then another thing is obviously just on a fundamental level is I meditate every morning. Um, I make sure that I'm getting a lot of sleep. I get at least eight hours every night. Um, and that for me is like your self-care, how you look after yourself has to come first because you, you, you can try and run yourself into the ground by having like six coffees a day and operating on no sleep and you you feel like a hero in the moment and it's like oh my god I'm doing it like hustle hustle and it's just so damaging like it's just not a cool way to run your life um because you can't give from an empty cup like you have to give from the overflow otherwise energetically it's just it's an imbalance you know Mm. yes it's funny how you can almost get hooked on that adrenaline sometimes when you're really busy and you think yeah I'm doing so many things as you said but actually you do reach a point where you are going to end up burning out if you carry on like that so it's so important to ask for help and to say no I love those tips thank you definitely and I mean especially like you know for women that are you know in the business of helping people like god 
we've got to help ourselves first. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh, well, thank you so much for talking to me. So many good insights there. Um, lots to take away and for people to be thinking about. Can you can you tell us about what you're working on the moment? Are you, have you got any projects or things that people can get involved with? They want to um, find out more about you. Yeah, so um, my online program, The Academy, um, is up and running it has been for a few years and I'm super proud of that that's like my transformation program that's helped so many women transform their relationships with food and their bodies um that's like my tribe of goddesses and I just love them so much um aside from that new projects is I have my second book coming out this year called Hungry for More, which I'm really excited about because that is really about satisfying our deeper cravings in life. Um, so really points to like what we're truly hungry for beneath the cookies or the cheesecake mm. or the light or you know whatever it is. Which I really loved writing and it gets a little little spiritual as well, which is um, which is awesome. So that is being released in June. So yeah, just gearing up for that. And on a personal level, um, I am actually moving to moving back to London very soon. Oh, wow. Um, I have quite a lot of stuff going on and I, I'm kind of craving the Western culture back in my life now. Um, I've been in Bali for like a year and a half doing a lot of, just, just a lot of exploring and seeing some beautiful places and I'm ready for a little bit more, uh, more of a challenge now, I think. So I'm coming back to London. <laughs> Exciting. Well, Barley's loss is London's gain. We'll be glad to have you back. <laughs> Amazing. So, and what's your website and your Instagram if you want to follow you and find you? Yeah, sure. My website is melwells.com and my Instagram is I am melwells. Amazing. So, yes, thank you again for joining me. I hope you have a good day, everyone listening, and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.